Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I'm kind of allergy-ish. I have been for several days now, so if I sound kind of stuffy, that's why. In fact, it's been kind of (laughs) rough for a couple days because, I mean, when I'm stuffed up, I can't breathe and I can't sleep. And so there were a couple days there. I mean, I did not sleep at all. And y'all know how much I love my sleep. And so, I mean, I just don't function well on no sleep. And it, I mean, I had a moment this week, just a little breakdown. I was sitting there fixing dinner and, you know, getting ready to go to Blair's basketball game. And I mean, the tears just started pouring out of my eyeballs. You know, everything just feels so heavy and hard and negative when I don't feel well or I don't get sleep. Like, it just feels like everything is horrible in the world. (laughs) And Blair looked at me, she was like, mommy, are you okay? You don't have to go to my game. She was so sweet. Um, so, you know, sometimes we just have those moments. Um, but then, you know, I was able to finally breathe out of one nostril and get some sleep. (laughs) So, um, I'm better now, but man, that was, that was kind of rough, but I apologize if I sound kind of funky today. That's, I'm still pretty stopped up. Okay, but today I wanted to talk about this idea of super fasting. I came up with the term super fast, um, which means fasting for longer than you normally do. No one else uses this term that I know of. It's not something, it's not like an official fasting term used in the health world. It's just my own concept for challenging my Feast of Fasters to fast longer than their regular daily intermittent fast you know, which is typically between 12 and 16 hours. So if someone has been regularly fasting for 13 hours, a super fast could be 14 or 15. Someone who regularly fasts for 16 hours, their super fast might be 17 or 18 hours. You know, it's different for each person. It's very individual based on how long they normally fast. Some people fast for 24 hours. You know, I usually super fast anywhere from 20 to 24 hours. The purpose is um, to challenge yourself, you know, to kind of break through what you've done, what you thought was possible. I mean, a lot of people who come into Feast to Fast who have never fasted before, you know, even fasting 10 to 12 hours is new to them. And it's beautiful when they realize it's not as scary as they thought because most of the fasting happens when you're sleeping. And then, you know, they'll start seeing results because fasting accelerates your body's ability to burn fat, to ease digestive issues, to clear brain fog. And they're like, this is awesome. You know, why didn't I do this sooner? Our goal with intermittent fasting is to realign ourselves with the rhythm of feeding and fasting and to restore metabolic flexibility, 
which is how God designed our bodies to work. You know, intermittent fasting is a modern term for something that used to just, you know, like be the way it was. Our ancestors, you know, didn't um, eat dinner and then an hour later grab a bag of chips to eat while they watch Netflix or grab a spoon and a pint of ice cream and just go to town. They ate regular meals that aligned with the daily circadian rhythm. And after dinner, the kitchen was closed until they ate the next day. All of this snacky, overly accessible food didn't used to exist. And we in modern times are just way out of alignment with our body's need for a break from food, you know, both between meals and overnight. Constantly grazing and snacking all day and eating late into the night is hard on the body. Remember that it takes a couple of hours from your last bite of your food to fully digest. And so if you're constantly grazing, your body's never getting a break. Or when you eat late at night, it delays your detoxification time. You know, that should be happening when you go to sleep because your body's still digesting if you ate late, right? People have just veered so far away from the rhythm of how God made our bodies to eat and then not eat for healthy periods of time. And thus we've just lost our ability to be metabolically flexible. So getting back to this rhythm of what we now call intermittent fasting is simply restoring the metabolic function of the way God made us. That is our baseline. You know, it's not this new modern diet phenomena. This is like old school basics we're getting back to. But on top of that, the super fast is something that takes it a little bit deeper. You know, it's a longer fast. It pushes you beyond what you've done um, with your intermittent fasting stretches you beyond what you think you might be able to do. And with that comes leaning more into the Lord. You know, super fasting finds the beautiful place where physical fasting meets spiritual feasting. We invite God into our super fast and we feast on his presence. You know, we rely on his strength to get us through that longer time without eating even if it's, you know, going from 13 to 14 hours or 15 to 16 or 17 to 18, it's all relative. If it's longer for you and harder for you and a challenge for you, it's a super fast that will likely require some supernatural strength to help you get through. And so we're using that extra fasting time and that space that would normally be filled by food and thoughts of food because, you know, there's a lot of mental energy that we give to food. And so instead of doing that, we fill that space with the Lord. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. We taste all the goodness of God during our super fast. And I encourage my feast of fasters to do that, to amplify that time during their super fast um, to make it a more holy experience by adding in activities like prayer, reading your Bible, meditating on his word, journaling your thoughts, um, writing God a letter or letting him write you a letter. You know, what do you feel like he's saying to you? What would he want to say to you if he was talking to you right now? Write that down. It's a really, really beautiful exercise to do. Um, You could go on a nature walk and instead of listening to a podcast or talking on the phone, just walk in the silence and 
be in his creation. You know, notice the birds chirping, the sun shining, the crisp or the warm air on your skin. Get your bare feet in the ground, you know, do some grounding and enjoy the gift of nature. Um, You could use an essential oil, you know, like a a frankincense um, during your super fast, which just enhances that spiritual experience. You could blast worship music, you know, while you're working around the house. I mean, there's so many ways to amp up that time during your super fast and immerse yourself, surround yourself with more of things that connect you to him. I also encourage people to take an issue that's, you know, on their mind, on their heart, a worry, a concern, you know, a person, a situation, and give it to God during the super fast. You know, as we're clearing this space in our bellies and in our hearts, we're clearing space in our mind to hear him, to be open to receiving his guidance. Ezra 8.23 says, so we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. You know, we'll often ask God for guidance and answers, but we're so busy. You know, we keep ourselves so busy physically and mentally that we don't make that space, take that time to hear him. And super fasting is a really wonderful um, time to do that. And when you think about it, one of the well-known benefits of longer fasting is sharpened mental clarity. And this is because as you burn through glucose, which is the sugar in your body, and your body uses sugar first for energy, as you burn through that, your body starts burning fat. And with that, you start producing ketones. When your body doesn't have the glucose to use as fuel, it uses these ketones from fatty acids, which is a much cleaner burning fuel, you know, for your brain. It's like The fog lifts and your brain becomes more awake. You know, and I believe this is another purposeful by design way that God made our bodies. You know, is it any wonder that he made a way for us to clean our brains so that we can hear him better? Fasting cleans our brains, you know, and so we're called to fast. And when we do fast, our bodies produce more ketones, which enable and enhance clearer thinking which enhance our spiritual experience and our ability to connect with him. See how that works? Fasting not only makes our body metabolically flexible, it makes our brains more metabolically flexible and puts us in a better position for receiving his word more clearly. Isn't that cool? You know, my anchor verse for the season of Lent is from John 3.30, which says, He must increase. I must decrease. And the whole reason I wanted to do this podcast today is because we are moving into the season of Lent. You know, Lent honors the time that Jesus was fasting in the desert and being tempted by Satan before he went on to be crucified and resurrected. So it's this time period leading up to Easter. And Lent is often the only time that Christians think about or consider fasting, right? But, you know, we're doing it, my group's doing it together year round and feast to fast with our baseline of intermittent fasting and then the super fast that we do. Now for Lent, we really step things up. You know, every year we have a special round of feast to fast for Lent, which is longer um, than the normal four week program because we go the whole six weeks of Lent from Ash Wednesday to Easter. So it's longer. We do our intermittent fasting 
but we also do a weekly super fasting instead of just one super fast at the end. We do one each week and we do more sugar detoxing. So normally in a round of feast to fast, we just do the first week is of sugar detoxing, real food carbs. We do one super fast in the last week. But during this roundup for Lent, we do three weeks of sugar detoxing. Two on the front end, the first two weeks, and then one during the last week for Holy Week, right before Easter. So we kind of have these bookends of sugar detoxing. And then, you know, we're doing our weekly super fast. So we really amp it up for this round, which is, you know, fitting for the season. It's it's a a season we're more contemplative, you know, we're thinking uh, more about the Lord and just trying to, you know, decrease, decrease ourselves, decrease our agenda to make more room for his agenda and what he has for our lives. And fasting is a big part of that, you know, for all the reasons that we've already discussed. And, you know, while I'm like cleaning up my food and cleaning up my brain, um, it's also the time of year I just... I just want to clean up all my clutter, like get rid of all my junk. It's like that whole spring cleaning thing. I just want to clear out all of the unnecessary noise at this time of the year, like during Lent, you know, whether it's the the food noise, you know, the sugar, the alcohol, or all the junk in my closet. You know, I challenge myself to shop less, if at all, during this time of the year, just really buy things that are necessary, just, you know, decrease, decrease. Um, not take on extra commitments that make my life more complicated. I just like to take everything down a notch, you know, simplify, get rid of excess, decrease. One thing I will be doing this year that I'm really looking forward to is super fasting from social media. I will be going off of Facebook and Instagram during Lent. I mean, I haven't done a social media fast in over five years because I've always run Feast to Fast on Facebook, you know, and I really couldn't. But now that we don't do it on Facebook anymore, I finally cut that cord. Thank the Lord for that spiritual guidance. Um, It's been really wonderful. We now run Feast to Fast and the Christian Health Club off of social media. So you do not have to go there if you don't want to. And I can finally do the social media fast that I've been wanting to do. Talk about cleaning your brain and clearing the clutter. I mean, I love social media for getting to connect with people, connect with you and share important information. But I get sucked in as much as the next sucker, you know, and before you know it, I've wasted a lot of time scrolling when I could have been doing other things. Um, I'm horrified when my screen time notifications come up. I'm like, what? I spent this much time on my phone this week? Goodness gracious. And I've just noticed that whenever I have downtime, you know, like just any downtime, one moment that I'm not doing something, or even if I am, sadly, I'll just pick up my phone and go straight to Facebook or Instagram to check things out. It's a really bad habit. And I can already foresee how it's going to be a hard habit to break when I go off for Lent. I mean, it's like muscle memory at this point. It's automatic. You know, got a down moment, pick up your phone and scroll. And when you give up something like this for Lent, um, I remember one year I gave up my favorite coconut milk, you know, for my coffee, the Aroy D that I've been using for years and years. And so one year I gave that up for Lent and just drank my coffee black. 
Um, but every morning when I poured that cup of coffee and did not add my coconut milk, it triggered me to think about why I wasn't, which led me to think about God. The absence of my coconut milk triggered more presence of God in my day. And that's the point. And so now instead of, you know, just being triggered, you know, like that one or two times in the morning when I'm, you know, wasn't using my coffee creamer, I'm going to be triggered all day long to think about God as I pick up my phone out of habit to check social media and have to be like, no, you're not going there. And frankly, I'm not sure I'd have the strength to follow through on that if I wasn't doing it as a way to increase him in my life and decrease my agenda. Have you watched that documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma? You know, it's kind of freaky about how all the social media platforms do everything they can to manipulate and dominate your time. I read a description of the film that says, This documentary examines how social media's design nurtures an addiction, manipulates people's views, emotions, and behavior, and spreads conspiracy theories and disinformation to maximize profit. Yeesh. I mean, it's a very sobering film. (laughs) I highly recommend you watch it. I might watch it again just for a little fortification about giving up um, my social media. But, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this and it reminds me of how food manufacturers kind of do the same thing. Well, they do do the same thing. You know, both the food manufacturer and the social media manufacturers do things to manipulate our pleasure sensors. They make us addicted to their product. You know, the food manufacturers use chemicals to flavor their food in a way that overstimulates our taste and our dopamine receptors so that we crave more of it. You know, it makes real food taste bland, you know, to us. Once you've been having this processed food, real food's like, that's boring. I mean, who wants water when you can have a Coke? Who wants fruit for dessert when you can have a ready-made cookie? Who wants to snack on carrots when you can have Cool Ranch Doritos? You know, it's like that party in the mouth concept I've talked about before. And it's the same with social media. It's so much more exciting to fill your spare moments with the action of social media. You know, we also fill our non-spare moments. You know, I'm always clicking over to social media when I should be working or paying attention to my kids. You know, we're stimulated by the notifications and the likes and the drama and the stories and the fake perfect lives of people on Facebook and Instagram. We get dopamine hits. When we eat super flavored food and consume super flavored content, you know, on social media. Dopamine is a pleasure chemical produced by our brains that influences our motivation. So when I say get a dopamine hit, I mean we get a release of this pleasure chemical and it feels good to us. You know, it's supposed to reinforce our behavior Um, to eat good food and exercise and have sex and have social interaction. I mean, all of those things are fundamental to our overall human wellness and the perpetuation of our species, right? Like, and so we need to have that pleasurable reinforcement so that we'll keep doing it. But these things have been taken to an unnatural level with things like chemically laden food, you know, even like porn and social media. It makes us less content with the natural form of those things. Like instead of appreciating fruit as dessert, we want something more exciting like an Oreo. 
instead of being content with intimacy with our partner, you know, people want like something more exciting like they see in porn. Or instead of having meaningful social interactions, people are glued to their phones and getting dopamine hits from these likes and dings and the drama they read there. You know, our dopamine function has been hijacked. It's just gross overstimulation. And sometimes we need a come to Jesus reset on that. Which leads me back around to the season of Lent because that's, you know, it's a really perfect time for that reset. You know, like I was saying, you know, to me, it's a season to simplify, pare down, get rid of excess and junky intake, you know, like less junky food, less junky TV, less junky social media, less junky shopping, even just, you know, like not buying things I don't need, you know, picking up knickknacks at Target and stuff like just stop that, you know, making less junky time commitments, you know, stuff that I don't need to be filling my schedule with less junky self-talk, just less of these things that we don't need and don't serve us and more of what we do need and what does serve us, like the presence of God. He must increase. I must decrease. It is the time to free up space physically, mentally, and spiritually and to allow God to fill those spaces. We super fast so that we can spiritually feast. That is what I'm looking forward to this Lenten season. And if you're feeling that stir also to decrease your junk and increase his presence, you know, I invite you to come and do with that with us in Feast of Fast. Like I said, we'll be sugar detoxing, intermittent fasting, super fasting, focusing on scripture. It's just a really lovely way to immerse yourself in this holy season and implement a lot of these things we've talked about today. I was just reading, um, going back and reading through some of the comments after the last round of Feast to Fast that we did for the new year. And I came across this one from Chanda, who started out with Feast to Fast and then joined the Christian Health Club because she wanted to continue immersing herself in our space of wellness. But I wanted to share with you what she said. Um, She said, I previously, I used to weigh myself every day. I was a slave to what those numbers said and to my calories and macros. My biggest win from Feast to Fast is escaping that enslavement. In fact, I had a physical and my doctor told me that I had lost six pounds since last year and I totally didn't even care. It didn't matter to me. And she was so intrigued by that. And I was able to share how much the Christian Health Club had changed my life in so many ways. Thank you so much. I feel stronger, healthier, and more faith-filled than ever before. Y'all, I read that, something like that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just have the best job in the whole world. Life-changing is a word that often comes up after people have been through Feast to Fast. And it's as life-changing for me to witness the fruits of the work that God has called me to do, which I was resistant to, as you know, which I didn't think I could do. But when he calls you to it, he sees you through it. And I'm just so grateful. I'll be taking the time during Lent to listen to more of what he's calling me to do. So I will be checking out of social media soon, starting on Ash Wednesday. I will, however, just so you know, I'm going to have 
um, Steph, who's on my team, who edits this podcast, um, is going to be posting my podcast information um, on Facebook and Instagram a couple times a week, you know, because I have a lot of great guests lined up. And I don't want y'all to miss out on that. And I want to honor their time that they're spending with me and make sure that you know about it. So I'm going to have her post the podcast information, but um, that's it. I won't be there. I won't be in social. So I'll still be sending out information to my weekly email group. So if you're not on my Sunday send out list, you know, make sure you do that. Um, You can reach me through the contact information on my website. But what I would really, really love is to get to hang out with you daily for six weeks in my Feast to Fast group. So come join us. You can sign up at feasttofast.co. All right, my friends, I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.